Welcome to Eat Drink Social. My name is Michael Moeller, and throughout this podcast series, you'll be hearing from myself and Courtney Sandora. We're a team over at Go Social, a PR and social media marketing firm with presence in both Louisville and Denver. We'll be discussing social media trends and influencer best practices in the food and beverage landscape. If you have any questions or want to reach out, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or you can check us out on our website at www.goforthbesocial.com. Happy to be joined now by Angela Roberts of at Spinach Tiger and at Nashville Food Buzz on Instagram. Angela, thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me. So, uh, you know, can you just kind of run run us through what Spinach Tiger is, what Nashville Food Buzz is, and uh, how you got started in all of this? <clears throat> sure. Um, I started my Instagram account. Actually, I was out on a like a food uh, media buzz, media tour and everybody was talking about Instagram, and this is like, you know, a couple of years back, maybe four years ago, and really didn't understand the impact of Instagram at the time, because I was still really, you know, doing my blog and thinking that was the only way to communicate, but once I started to see that I was really enjoying other people's Instagram, especially like in my own local area, I'm like, I'm going to really get into this, because I can... um, well, one of the things I love to do is shout out things about my community and the food in the community and also um, do a lot of my recipes and show people quickly what I can do. So that's why I started to really kind of dive deep into Instagram. So what, what came first then? Was it the, your photography or the, or the cooking skills that you had? You know, it's funny. When I started, I wasn't interested in photography at all. I was interested in sharing my recipes and telling stories with words. But as time has gone on, there's just a lot more to tell with photography, and it's changed a lot. My skills have changed. And um, if I'm going to be on any platform, I really love being on Instagram. I love looking at other people's things. I, and then I even like reading, like, there's just enough of a blurb. And um, I've actually made purchases because of Instagram. I've gone to restaurants and shops and met people because of Instagram. Things I haven't been able to do on any other um, media that's been available. So it's just, to me, it's been kind of, a, I'm getting a lot out of it. And I feel like then I can give a lot back. Yeah, it sounds like you're putting the networking into into social networking. So that's that's excellent to hear. Are there any accounts that we should be following that you that you enjoy? Um, oh my gosh, in just in general or in the Nashville area? Let's say let's say the Nashville area. Okay. Um, well, yeah, I've met people in real life because of Instagram, and that never happened with anything else. So one of them is one of my really great friends, um, Andrea of Nashville Made. It's M-A-D-E's, and she does mostly restaurant stuff. And we actually met because of Instagram. When we were at an event, and she just happened to say, I see you on Instagram. We should get together sometime. And we met that way. (laughs) I actually had a party, like a Valentine's party for all the girls, the ladies that I've met on Instagram. So that was kind of cool. Oh, let me... I love the perfect little life. Oh, she's fun to watch. She's fun to watch stories. She had a little shop that just closed, but it's going to be reopening. And um, she also does a lot of shouting out about um, Nashville, and she's just so fun to watch. Another one is Blonde underscore Voyage underscore Nashville. Blonde Voyage Nashville. Hmm. She does a lot of shouting out of Nashville, and she's super fun. Um, Another one that I enjoy is the Nashville Mob. So, yeah, there's a lot. 
and I'm going to be meeting her on Friday. So one of the things um, Instagram has done, which I don't know if people know how to take advantage of it, but it really uh, sets you off to meet people in person. A lot of people will, you know, write me and say, could we have lunch? I think we have similar, you know, common interests and it ends up being true. Yeah, that, that that's absolutely true in a lot of cases. You know, some, some people might be a little bit shy to do that, but if you take full advantage of it, it can provide some unique opportunities. Yeah. Um, so when, when you are kind of preparing for, you know, content or whatever you want to, whatever you want to call it, do you prefer shooting and posting about your own recipes or food and restaurants that you visit? Okay. So that's why I have two accounts. Spinach Tiger is big fat, healthy food. And 90% of that content um, for post is going to be my own recipes, the things I do myself. And I do prepare, basically I'll use what I'm going to use for my blog or that's mostly what I'll probably do is do try to do a nice enough photo so that it's that bright, happy food. That's what I pretty much like to show. Um, on stories, I have a lot more freedom and I will show the process and sometimes like the not so great process. I will also show my personal life, which I probably wouldn't show so much on the post itself. I would, I will show like my animals, my pets, my gardening, um, and all of all around town, all, all any kind of restaurants. I'll always make sure spinach tiger stories will cover all of that. Hmm. Um, or shops that there's a new shop in town called design within reach. And so I put a couple stories on spinach tiger because everybody knows I also like design. That's, that's a unique spin on it. So you put kind of your, your personal life or maybe a more personal life on the stories. Whereas something that's a little bit, a little bit more curated is on the, is on the post itself. Absolutely. Yeah. It's definitely more curated um, on the post itself. Now we started Nashville food buzz, uh, it was originally Nashville Urban Buzz. I changed the name because I realized I'm only really doing food and I want to have, I want to be able to do farms and things like that too. So uh, I love to do that. If I'm at a farm where they're selling produce, I'll put that on there. Uh, so 90% of Nashville Food Buzz is going to be Nashville's restaurants or any restaurant if I'm traveling. Nice. And, and then the this, this stories too. But um you know, you can't always get the best pictures in a restaurant, and I'm a little less picky on that um, site. I kind of want Spinach Tiger to look a certain way, but I will share the big sloppy burger on Nashville Food Buzz. And then I'll tell people why, and they should go there. Uh, you know, it, it, it really does my heart good, honestly, to be able to say, hey, I was just at Josephine on Sunday, and I had cocktails, and they have the friendliest best bartenders in town because I really had a great experience with the bartenders. So I love to tell people that. Yeah. And I, I bet they, uh, they like that too. Um, yeah. So, you know, you, you mentioned that you kind of have some, some struggle sometimes getting that quote unquote perfect shot in a restaurant, but what, what would your ideal shot be in a restaurant? I mean, what are you, what are you looking for? I want it to look like, <laughs> excuse me. I want it to look like the food that looks like spinach tiger that has the nice natural light um, and looks uh, and does look a little curated. It's, it's, um, I'm a little more shy than a lot of Instagrammers when I'm out and about. I was just at a big blogger event dinner um, the other day and I, and I saw, you know, I just was a little more, shy. I'm a little more shy in front of everybody. I won't stand up on a chair 
I don't want to take the food outside of the restaurant to take a picture of it. Um, I'm not saying that's a bad thing to do. It's just that I feel self-conscious doing that. So I just try to get the best shot that I can without looking too much like one of those people that takes all those restaurant pictures. I can understand that. It's and it, that's why I try to go at off times. I don't want to make a big spectacle um, of the food, and I don't want to make food. I don't want to take food that's not attractive because I think that's really not fair to the chef. Some, you know, and a lot of restaurants don't have great lighting. It's too yellow. It's too this, and and I'm like, their food is really nicer than this, and I don't want to do a, uh, them a disservice if that makes sense. Well, yeah, so it sounds like you, you had a good set of workarounds for that for that particular challenge. When you started off, let's say when you started off either account, did you have any challenges that you overcome overcame in the beginning? There, You know, Michael, there's ongoing challenges because everything changes so fast. Uh, you know, at first there was even the challenge of the story. Do I, do I get that... Um, do I have to do this much video? And yes, I think you really do. I think it's really important. But the challenge is always like, the trends are moving so fast. How do I keep going and then still just remain true to myself? And I think my biggest challenge in the beginning was defining who I was. And I think for my recipes, it took me actually a couple years to decide big, fat, healthy food really describes me. It's just perfect. I want food that men want to eat. I want to make food that's attractive for everybody, but still is going to do you good without being weird, without being too health nut crazy or luxury. So, you know, a, a delicious big beef vegetable soup that's hearty and healthy and just looks fresh. You know, so I, I, I was able to define that and I know how I want to show food. Um, Defining myself, I never set out to do anything with restaurants. I kept thinking to myself, I should do that because Nashville is growing. And I jumped into the restaurant thing only because Nashville was growing so much. And I was even very shy about should I, do I, should I publish anything about food? Should I write anything about food? Um, and then so my, my challenge there was being responsible. What if it's really terrible? Am I going to get on an Instagram story and tell the world it's terrible? So the challenge for me was deciding who I was. I'm a person that's going to give you the good news. I'm going to. I'm a person that's going to leave the good news, the bad news, on the floor, and let somebody else take care of that for you. <laughs> and let somebody else take care of that for me. Exactly. exactly, because then you start getting in this mindset that you just know everything and. And maybe that restaurant had a bad day mm-hmm. and I don't want to take a local business down. You know, there's a case to be made that there's a positive experience in, in everything. So maybe, maybe the food wasn't that great, but maybe the service was excellent and you could always kind of spin it that way. You can always spin it that way. And, um, yeah, exactly. I just, I'm not a food critic. I am, um, I'm a P I feel like I'm PR, uh, with honesty, when something's so good, I just want to tell you over and over. You mentioned earlier that you uh, you were at this this bloggers dinner of some sort. Do you get at, get invited out to events like that somewhat often, or maybe more often than you than you originally thought you would? When I was a blogger, and Instagram was not the big it thing, I was invited a lot more. And then one day, I was invited to an event and didn't know anybody. It was all Instagrammers, and I was like, "Oh, the world has changed." 
and that's what I mean about maybe that was one of my challenges, not realizing how how that happens. And Instagram, a lot of people on Instagram that don't also spend the time writing a blog, you know, they get invited because Instagram is powerful. Mm-hmm. And I think it's awesome that, that they get invited. And some of my best friends just do Instagram. So there's nothing wrong with it. It's actually awesome. Um, but so you will see, uh, yeah, we will all get invited to events. Do you do much work uh, directly with local restaurants or, or local brands? Um, no, not local brands. Um, the recipe side of Spinach Tiger will do Instagram uh, sponsored posts with food. But I have never done that with restaurants. Um, and I probably don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. It, because I just don't have the focus because I spend so much of my time, like 90% of my time is really geared towards writing recipes. So with, with that said then, uh, for Spinach Tiger, what makes you want to work with some of those brands that approach you? Well, to be, to be honest, the pay is pretty good. <laughs> and, and if I can fit it in, if I can take something like I just did a tuna fish thing and I can make it look exactly like everything else in my feed and I liked it and I can show people how to make this dish. It looks healthy. It looks beautiful. It looks voluptuous. And then I'm still getting paid, you know, for that one shot. And of course you always put ad, you always make sure people know that, um, you know, I think that just is kind of part of my livelihood because my blog is what pays me. That is how I make money. And if I can also get sponsored posts on Instagram, they're actually a little easier to do than a whole blog post. And I won't do something that I really don't like, you know, but I can, if I can fit it in, I love doing it. Mm-hmm. That's a good rule to live by. Angela, thank you so much for your time. Um, you know, let's, let's say if I'm going to, to Nashville this weekend, do you have a place I need to go to eat? Yeah, I just wrote a blog post on the restaurant in East Nashville called Folk. And it's also um, owned by the same people from Rolf and Daughters. It has Italian um, dent, but it's a modern um, um, Napoleon-type pizza. It's the thin pizza. They have a wood-burning stove. They make their own sourdough crust, sourdough bread. They have small bites. And very good cocktails, really nice atmosphere. And it is probably the one restaurant I like to go to again and again and again. That sounds like a great place to visit. Angela, thank you so much. I appreciate your time today. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. So, Courtney, I I really liked that interview and and thought Angela had a lot of great insights there. Um, What do you think? What What can we learn from that? I really love that Angela was first and foremost a blogger and a a word person and then kind of made her way into Instagram and realized the power of visuals. Uh, I feel like I I can relate to that. When I first started my business, um, you know, I'm a journalism major and it was all about what kind of clever thing can we say? What's the tone of voice? And at some point I realized the shift had become not really what you're saying, but how do you tell your story from a visual perspective? 
And, you know, that was a skill set I didn't have, right? I'm not a great photographer. I don't have graphic design skills. So I had to go out and I had to find those partners and those right resources um, so that the content that I created for clients could remain competitive and with what else is out there. And I think you need to really invest in your visuals, um, make that a priority, and, and also, you know, think about how do you tell your brand story from a visual perspective first. There's some studies out there that say your mind can process visuals 60,000 times faster than text. And whether you buy into that or not, you have to admit that when you're looking through a news feed, you know, your eye first goes to the image. And then if you're intrigued, you'll read the copy. But it's very rare, at least for me, it's the other way around that I'm reading the copy and then looking at the visuals. So think about how do you tell that brand story from a visual perspective. Right. And when I'm thinking about visual storytelling, I recall this animated short that Airbnb released, you know, maybe maybe three years ago. And it was this idea that with Airbnb, you can stay anywhere in the world and, and stay with anybody. And the connection with a host you might have truly changes your perspective on the world. Just to quickly sum it up, the, the video was based on a true story and, and told the story of two guards in 1987 Berlin, one on the west and, and one on the east. And even after the wall eventually came down, the one guard had really no interest in going to Berlin um, until his daughter convinced him to later in life. After booking an Airbnb, the father and daughter were able to see how much things have changed and, and what the development was like in Berlin. When they arrived to their Airbnb, they discovered that the host happened to be the guard on the other side of the wall and welcomed the family in. And, you know, this, this animated short, this story... Um, was told in less than 90 seconds and really hammered home the idea that Airbnb was connecting people that might not otherwise have anything to do with each other. But yeah, you know, I think these interviews are going well and, and we're learning a lot. So thank you um, to, to everybody involved with this. So uh, this is Eat, Drink, Social. See you next time.